What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, July 12th. Hopefully, all you guys had a nice and enjoyable weekend this past weekend. Hopefully, all you guys have an even better and a more successful week ahead of you guys, man. Hopefully, all you guys are staying safe. I'm sending love and my prayers to all you guys out there. And hopefully, you guys are just enjoying life. I want to tell you guys to just always... Figure out ways to motivate and inspire yourself. Give yourself all the things that you need, and I promise you it's going to come back to you plentiful. So I'm just, you know, stay motivated, you know, stay inspired, and just use that to fuel you to keep going and just keep doing great things, man. But, of course, there's a lot of things that happened this weekend. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. I watched some soccer this past weekend, which was actually interesting between Italy and England yesterday, and then we had Brazil versus Argentina on Saturday, which was very, very fun to watch. Also, Team USA played in their first exhibition game before heading to Tokyo, I believe, later this week for the Olympics this summer, and they lost to Nigeria. But congrats to Nigeria because they have three players from my Miami Heat between Gabe Vincent, Precious Achua, and KZ Akpala, along with a couple other NBA players like Chimizi Matu and Josh Okogi of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So congrats to Nigeria. That was a big-time win. And I do believe Team USA plays again tonight, I believe against Australia, for their second exhibition game again before they head to Tokyo for the Olympics. Also, too, real quickly, I want to say congratulations to newest head coach finally and rightfully deserved to be named head coach Jamal Mosley was recently named the newest head coach of the Orlando Magic, of course, after they parted ways with Steve Clifford a few months ago. I actually love this hiring. I'm not going to get too deep into it today. I'll get into that sometime later this week. But congrats to Jamal Mosley. This is much deserved, and it's a great opportunity for him as he finally gets his first head coaching job. Now, let's talk about the NBA Finals because as of right now, the Phoenix Suns currently have a 2-1 to one lead in this series with Game 4 being on Wednesday in Milwaukee for the second straight game. And I just want to talk about each game real briefly and then some key things that each team could do going into Game 4. So in Game 1, the Suns came out and set the tone between Mikael Bridges, Campaign, and Cam Johnson. All of them scored in double figures. You then had DeAndre Ayton go off for 22 points and 19 rebounds. And then lastly, your star duo of Devin Booker and Chris Paul both went off abusing all mismatches and switches. And any defensive liability that the Bucks had out on the court between Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Brent Forbes, CP3 and Devin Booker were cooking them. You know, D-Book finished with 27 points himself, and Chris Paul finished with 32. And they just went crazy. You know, Giannis playing in his first game since suffering that hyperextended knee injury in the series against the Hawks. He was kind of rusty, so I didn't expect too much from him. He had 20 points. Um, he played whatever. You know, Chris Middleton had 29 points, and Drew Holiday struggled. He shot 4-14 from the field. He shot 0-4 from three, and the Suns won by score 118-105 to in that game to give them a 1-0 serious lead. Now, the second game, game two, Giannis came out cooking. This man had 42 points and 12 rebounds. And also, Drew Holiday came out attacking, and he was aggressive early. Even though he cooled off, he did set the tone real well for the Bucks, and he made some big-time defensive plays. He had a chase-down block on Devin Booker that was disgusting. That was a big-time play. Um, Mikael Bridges had the best game so far of his young career in this game. He had 27 points, but not only did he have 27 points and hit some big-time shots, made some big-time plays, had a big-time dunk, I believe, in the third quarter, he outplayed Chris Middleton 
by a mile. And Chris Middleton struggled mightily in this game. He shot 5 of 16 from the field and only finished with 11 points. That is not going to get the job done, especially the way that Giannis was playing in this game. If Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday played a little bit better offensively, they honestly probably would have won game two, and it would probably be a 2-1 lead in favor of Milwaukee instead of Phoenix if Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday showed up in game two and were on their toes offensively. But for the Suns, you also had Cam Johnson made some big timey plays. And in this game, I noticed a couple things. The first thing we already knew is that when you when the Bucks put Giannis at the five, it works out for them all the time. I don't know what the plus minus is when Giannis is playing at the center position, but whatever it is, I know it has to be a positive because the Bucks look like a much better, efficient, and just overall um, talented team when Giannis is at the five. The offense just flows better. The defense seems like it's locked in to switch and be able to communicate better. This team is best when Giannis is playing at the five. But the other thing that I noticed is that the Bucks have a clear rebounding advantage over the Phoenix Suns because of their height and length between Giannis and, of course, Brooke Lopez. They are taller than most of the guys on the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are a small team for the most part outside of DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden is probably like seven feet. But after that, like the tallest guy is probably Mikael Bridges, who's 6'8". And of course, we want to send a quick and speedy recovery to Dario Sarge, who tore his ACL, I believe, in game one. That was kind of sad to see. Of course, his season is over. But the Bucks have to kill the Suns on the glass. That is going to be a thing that is going to be in their favor for the rest of this year. So they have to take advantage of that too. But also, the Bucks' defense has been pretty solid. Now, they have not had any answers whatsoever for Chris Paul. He's been doing whatever he wants to on the offensive end. But they have done a pretty good job of containing everybody else. Aside from game one, when all the bench players are pretty much, you know, Michael Bridges, Cam Panic, and Cam Johnson all had double digits. Aside from that game, in game two and game three, the Bucks have done a pretty good job of limiting the role players of the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be another thing for them that they need to keep honing in on if they want to advance and, of course, get the NBA championship. But this game, too, was kind of interesting because CP was cooking again. He had 23 points. Devin Booker had 31 points. And they were just getting to their spots. Like, that drop coverage is getting killed because of the mid-range jumper. You know, you can't really do anything because no matter what lineup the Bucks have on the floor, it's always going to be somebody that's a defensive liability. Now, they they do have a couple different lineups, or they, they have one lineup, excuse me, that they can throw out there that isn't a defensive liability, and that's pretty much Drew, Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, P.J. Tucker, and Giannis. When you put that lineup out there, there's no defensive liabilities on the court. But when you have Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Bryn Forbes out there, CP3 and Devin Booker are going to take advantage of those matchups nine times out of ten. So Milwaukee has to be better at either switching up the coverages between blitzing or double teaming or hard hedging or just fighting over the screen. They got to do something. And I think you got to just throw different looks at the Suns. But you have to do something in order to get Devin Booker and CP3 off balance just a little bit. But at the end of that game, the Suns won by a score of 118 to 108. Now, in game three, in Milwaukee, DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul both came out hot. DeAndre Aiden had a couple big-time mid-range shots. He was killing in the post, too. CP was getting to his mid-range spots, and he was unstoppable again. The Bucks should simply have no answers to stopping Chris Paul for now. But also, too, Middleton came out the gate and hit some big jumpers. He had a three. He had a couple mid-range pull-ups off some screens. When Middleton is going, 
that's always a plus for the Bucks. But the problem is, is that he's so inconsistent that when his jumper isn't falling early, it's kind of like he gets down on himself and then he's just out of the game completely for the rest of the game. But once he starts to see a couple shots go down early, he can turn up and he can have a night that's, you know, 20 plus points, close to 30 points in that game. But he has to get established early. That is a big thing for the Bucks. You cannot let Chris Middleton continue to have mediocre games after having big time games. So that's going to be a thing to look out for in game four as well. But also too, D book had an off night. Devin Booker it's funny because he's always going to get his points for the most part, but it's never really efficient. Even though Devin Booker, if you just watch the actual game, he always hits big time shots. Like even if he's having a quote unquote off night, he's always going to pull through in the clutch. He's always going to hit a big time shot to stop a run or to start a run, whatever it may be. Devin Booker scoring always has some type of impact on the game. And in this game, his lack of scoring had an impact on the game. He only had 10 points. He shot 3 of 14 from the field. And that just did not help the Suns. And the crazy part about it was the Suns were in this game all the way until like the end of the third quarter. But they just needed more production out of Devin Booker. Like Chris Paul was carrying again. DeAndre Aiden played well. Jay Crowder had a big time game too. Um, Cam Johnson played okay. Mikael Bridges kind of struggled. You know, the role players kind of struggled. Torrey Craig struggled a little bit. And they just needed Devin Booker to step up, but he just had an off night. And it wasn't that the Bucks were locking him up or clamping him down because aside from Drew Holiday, nobody else really made Devin Booker work for his buckets. Like Drew Holiday was the only dude who got under Devin Booker's skin. And to be fair, like, with Drew Holiday, you got to worry about Drew Holiday trying to contain CP3 just as much as Devin Booker. So you're, you're going to have to worry about figuring out who you're going to put Drew Holiday on. You can only guard one of them. He cannot guard both these dudes at the same time. So Devin Booker, I'm pretty sure, will bounce back in game four and have a big-time performance. But also, too, when I meant, when I mentioned the, the rebounding advantage that the Bucks have, another thing, too, is that when the Bucks are playing like how they're supposed to, and that means going to the rim and not settling for three-point shots, they could win this series. Like, in game three yesterday, the Bucks had 53, or excuse me, 54 points in the paint, as well as 13 offensive rebounds. The Bucks must continue to play inside out. Do not settle for threes. This team is not a quote-unquote three-point shooting team. They're not the average team in the NBA today. They're at their best when they're attacking the rim and trying to get a bucket at the rim or passing out to a corner three to get the easier opportunity threes. Like they have to play inside out. You cannot play outside in because that's not their game because Drew isn't a high level shooter. Now in this game, he did have five threes and he finished with 21 points. That was a big time performance from him. He also had nine assists. So Drew played like himself. Drew played like the Drew Holiday that I know. And he needs to continue to do that if the Bucks want to win the Larry O'Brien trophy. But they need to play inside out, continue to attack, 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 because as of now, the Suns have not figured out any type of solution to containing Giannis. Giannis is just doing whatever he wants to. He's been a beast. He's putting on an all-time great, not just performance, but he's putting on an all-time great playoff run from beating the, the Heat to moving on and beating Brooklyn to beating the Hawks in the conference uh, finals. And now in the finals, Giannis has had an all-time great run, and he's continuing to do so against his Phoenix Suns team. And I thought going into this that the Suns kind of matched up well against Giannis, but he said, forget that. I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to get to the rim, and I'm going to do what I got to do. And also, too, the biggest thing in this Game 3 was that the Bucks shot 20 of 26 from the free throw line, which is excellent. That's 76% as a team. And Giannis himself 
shot 13 to 17. He only missed four free throws in this game, and that was pretty much the difference maker. You know, DeAndre Ayton got in some foul trouble, and the Bucks started to headhunt um, Frank Kaminsky because Frank Kaminsky is just not really good when it comes to lateral speed. He's kind of slow, and so the Bucks took advantage of that. And especially with DeAndre Ayton being out of the game, that's a big presence that's going to be missed for the Suns on both ends of the floor. And the Bucks see that, seen that, and they smell blood, and they just went after it. And pretty much this game was over at the end of the third quarter. Like, they just blew it open. Pat Content had a couple threes. Drew Holiday was hot. And when they're hitting threes, this team is good. But the problem is that they just can't settle for threes. They have to attack the rim. I cannot state that enough because they're so good at getting in the paint. And the Bucks, excuse me, and the Suns have not shown any resistance to doing so. So the Bucks must continue to put their foot on the gas. But I want to talk about adjustments because not even adjustments but the keys for game four going into Milwaukee on Wednesday so if I'm the Suns if I'm Monty Williams what I'm telling my team is is a couple different things one you have to slow down Giannis now I know you probably have to try and form a wall and I do think that the Suns have the personnel to do so between DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges and Torrey Craig and guys like that but it's going to be kind of risky because especially with the injury to Sarge you can't buy minutes with DeAndre Aiden. Like DeAndre Aiden is going to have to play a heavy amount of minutes for the rest of this series with the injury to Dario Sarge. Because be, honestly, like the Suns never really had a true backup big this entire season. Now, they did draft Jalen, um, what's dude's name from Maryland? Jalen Smith. They drafted Jalen Smith, I believe his name is. I don't know why I forgot his name for a second. But he just is a rookie. You can't depend on a rookie right now in the NBA Finals. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to have to figure it out. Mine's going to have to stagger those minutes, but you have to figure out something, somehow, some way, to just try to slow down Giannis. Because right now, they just don't have any type of answers whatsoever. The next thing, if I'm Monty Williams, you have to get Devin Booker established early. Because I don't think Devin Booker is going to have a bad game as he did yesterday. Again, he only had 10 points. I don't think he'll struggle like that again. But when Devin Booker is going, Phoenix is one of the best teams in the NBA. And when he's not going... They're just like a middle-of-the-pack type team. They have enough role players to keep them in these games, just like how they did yesterday. They had, you know, Jay Crowder play well. Of course, CP3 played well. DeAndre Aiden played well. But D-Book didn't. And that's why the game blew open in favor of the Bucks. because when your star player's not going, it's like you're missing a big chunk of your offense. So D-Book, you got to get him established early. The next thing, you have to rebound as a team. When you're a smaller team playing against a bigger team like the Bucks. You got to rebound as a team. You can't leak out early. Um, you can't try and get easy opportunities. You have to make sure that your team has the rebound before you leak out. Because if you allow the Bucks to get second chance opportunities, they're going to put their foot on your neck because they're so good at finishing in and around the paint. So you have to box out and secure the rebounds. And that leads me to my next point is get out in transition. If you watch this game three, the Suns really didn't get out into transition at all. Like, that's when they're at their best is in the open court. They are such an unselfish. They're good at filling the lanes. They do so many good things in transition that their offense is probably at its best in transition. So they got to focus on getting out, you know, first of all, getting stops because that's how you get in transition. You have to get stops on the defensive end, and then you get easier opportunities on the offensive end. So they got to play smart. But I do think if they play fast because Milwaukee's transition defense is it's been whatever, but it hasn't been, like, great. It's been okay. It hasn't been good. It's just been okay. So, Phoenix can take advantage of that. But now, on the other hand, if I'm Mike Budenholzer and the Milwaukee Bucks coaching staff, it's a few things I'm telling my players. The first thing, 
continue to play inside out. I already elaborated on this a couple minutes ago, but it's just that the, the Bucks aren't necessarily a good three-point shooting team, but when they're attacking the rim and it forces the defense to collapse, that means the other defense, the other defenders have to collapse and shrink the floor. It gives your three-point shooters like PJ Tucker, Brent Forbes, Pat Conton, those guys, Drew Holiday, it gives those guys opportunities to take easier and more open three-point looks. And that's all it's about, just getting to the glass, getting to the paint, getting two feet in the paint, making the defense dive in, and then kick it out and get easy opportunities. That will help the Bucks a lot. And that's pretty much what they did in game three, and that's why they won. Another thing, continue to play the same type of defense that you're playing because it's working. Like, I know a lot of people are saying that the drop coverage isn't going to work and this and that. I understand it. Trust me, I do. But for the most part, it's working because you're not going to be able to contain CP3 and Devin Booker, but what you can do is limit the role players like Cam Johnson, Cam Payne, Mikael Bridges. Those guys you can't contain. So if you can allow Devin Booker and CP3 to go off, that's fine. But you got to stop DeAndre Ayton. you got to stop the guys I just mentioned because otherwise it's going to be a long night for the Milwaukee Bucks. But just continue to play lockup defense. Drew Holiday did a pretty good job of forcing CP3 into tough situations and tough shots. And same thing with Devin Booker. He made Devin Booker uncomfortable. He was the only person on the Bucks that made Devin Booker feel uncomfortable. Everybody else, Devin Booker could go at them and get a bucket whenever he wants to. But he's got to be real smart and real selective on what he's doing when it comes to Drew Holiday guarding him. So that's the thing. For the Bucks, is just stay stout defensively. You you must stay locked in defensively. The other thing, just how I mentioned, Phoenix got to get Devin Booker involved early in the game when it comes to getting buckets. You got to continue to do that with Chris Middleton. Now we all know it's a big thing out there that Chris Middleton plays much better at home than when he plays on the road. And, and to be fair, like it's a lot of players like that in the league. It's just not star players because star players perform no matter where they're at, you know, away, home, neutral, whatever the situation is, star players show up. So for Chris Middleton, the Bucks got to get him established early because when he gets into that flow, into that rhythm, when he sees a few shots go down early, his confidence is at a high and he starts to take better shots and he starts to take more quality shots. And that's key because as I mentioned a few minutes ago, when he comes out bricking, his whole demeanor just goes down. It's just like he's drained. He doesn't give you the same energy on defense. He doesn't give you anything on offense. And it's pretty much like, why is he even playing? Because in that game two, when he only scored 11 points, it was bad. Like it was bad, bad, bad. And you just can't afford Chris Middleton to do that because he's such a big part of this offense. And especially with Giannis being as great as Giannis has been, you need Chris Middleton to just be average. If Chris is just average, the Bucks will have a good chance of winning because of Giannis being so great as he is. So that's a big thing too. And the last thing is ball movement. The Bucks must move the ball because, of course, Giannis is going to get his looks. Of course, Chris Milton is going to get his looks. But when they move the ball, when Drew gets the ball popping, when they play unselfish, they just look like a better team. They look like a more fluent team. They look like they've been playing with each other for five years. They just look like a much improved team to the team that we're used to seeing in these playoffs. And that helps them out a lot because... It's easy to guard Giannis when he's keeping the ball in his hands for the entire possession. When you get it moving, when you get the defense off balance, different things start to open up offensively. So if you can just get the ball popping, it's going to work out in wonders for the Milwaukee Bucks. So they must be smart about making the right decisions and making the right passes. That's all it comes down to because if you make the certain amount of passes, I promise you a hole is going to open up on the Phoenix Suns defense and the Bucks will have a good opportunity to strike and get easy buckets, man. But this series is entertaining. 
This series is interesting. I'm very excited to see what adjustments come in game four between Monty Williams and Mike Budenholzer. But as of now, I still am rocking with the Suns and Six. I'm not changing my prediction. I still like the Suns and Six. They have still not figured out any answers for Chris Paul. But of course, the Suns have zero answers for Giannis right now. So it could go back and forth. We don't know. Chris Middleton has to step up. Drew has to step up. Again, he had nine assists. So when he's assisting, he's fine. It's just when he's missing shots, that kind of hurts them. But when he's getting other guys involved, that helps them out a lot because he's playing great defense. He's playing all-time great defense you have to give drew his credit for what he's doing from fighting through screens making cp uncomfortable doing little things like that helps out the bucks but it's just time for their offense to catch up to their defense their offense has been bad but their defense has been amazing and if their offense can catch up to their defense the bucks can win this series that is going to be a big thing to watch out for but the suns just have it i just think they have the better role players they have the better team they have the better chemistry they're better in the clutch to me between chris middleton or excuse me between devin booker and cp3 compared to chris middleton and drew holiday so I, again i'm sticking with suns and six but i hope the series goes the distance i, I really hope it goes to a game seven um, both teams are fighting their butts off, but game four should be interesting, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys if you made it this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us. Go like our stuff for all your sports news and needs. I promise you guys, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it for you. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Feature alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on our long list of sports podcasts as well, man. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that's how we share grow and expand the podcast as always i will talk to you guys soon you guys be safe out there peace and love gone